Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25 onwards. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, The heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Suffice or sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Praise be to God. We are looking at something foundational, something very important, something that Jesus talked about, gave importance to. What is it? Don't worry about tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow is not your problem live for each day live to glorify god every single day because your future is not in your hands tell yourself my future is not in my hands if i think about the future and i try to plan my future there are many people who thought about their future had lots of retirement savings but were not alive to even get close to that. There are a lot of people who thought about their future, bought homes here and there, thinking that, well, after two years, I will go there. They didn't get that opportunity because tomorrow is not within our reach. 
tomorrow is not within your reach. Tomorrow is not within my reach. Today is. What am I going to do with this day that God has given? Every day is a gift from God. Jesus says, hey, let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. You don't worry. Jesus is taking away the worry from humanity. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. And what else did he say? As we read this, we see there are a certain group of people who worry about tomorrow. You know who? People who don't have God as their father. Fatherless children or orphans, I should say. They can worry about tomorrow because they have to worry, who will take care of me? I don't have anybody to take care of me. An orphan can worry about tomorrow. Can't even worry about today because they don't have anybody to take care of them. And Jesus says, don't worry like those people who don't have the Father in heaven who can take care of them. Now, anybody can take God to be their father. So it's not like God says, well, I have a special group of people and only to these people I'll be a father and the rest of the people are orphans. No, God never says that. But if someone is not under the care of the father and they're alone and they just go away and they say that I can do it myself. I don't need my mom and dad and, and I don't have to tell anything to them. You know, I had a, I heard a very sad story many years ago about a son who was doing so well. Parents are in some part of New York and the son was in um, Virginia where he had his own room and, and he had his own stuff. The parents have no clue about anything in his life. He will not talk. He will not say anything about his life to his parents. They didn't know what medicine he was taking. They didn't know um, how he was living. But he was a pharmacist. He had a lot of money. But there's no relationship between the parents and the son. And one day the son um, got into uh, um, some kind of a sudden uh, illness where he had to be taken to the hospital and the parents had no clue of what the son needed because the parents didn't know. And they're trying to see, you know, his computer, everything's locked. They don't know the password. They don't know his phone contacts. They don't know his friends. They don't know anything about his life. And this is not a parent and a child relationship, by the way. Very sad. Very sad. And when we went to see that family, that son was um, totally invalid. You know, he was not able to do anything. And... uh you have a sister who is very bitter, you know, who will not come to the house. You know, she'll come late night when everybody sleeps. Very dysfunctional home. Why is this happening? You can say that, well, I have a mom and dad. But if you don't have a relationship between your mom and dad, where the parents don't know anything about the life of the child, and the child is very secretive about everything, and 
when an emergency happens, the parents are not able to help. Many people are like that. Then they turn around and they blame who? God. They say, well, if there's a God, why should this happen? Well, you know, why should God do this? Well, well, you had no contact with God. Hello? You had no contact with God. And then suddenly, how can you blame God? The parents so desperately want to help. But the son has blocked everything. Doctors cannot do anything. And now you have the HIPAA law where the parents, you know, can't even help. Sad. Son, parents. But in reality, they are like strangers. Worse than strangers. The parents desperately want to help the son. But the son has put a barrier. Many people are like that with God. They put their own barriers. They say that they want help, but they really don't want. They are self-sufficient. I can manage. I'm good. But when crisis comes and hits them, suddenly they blame who? God. Whom they have no contact with whatsoever. They're saying, we're good. God, you just say that we're good. I can handle. I know what to do about tomorrow. I know what to do about the next year. I have my life planned out. How foolish. We have no control over our next breath. If something happens to that valve in the heart, it's over. If something happens to one of the parts in the brain, it's over. If a small blood clot enters into your bloodstream, it's over. You get up and all of a sudden you are not able to walk. You are not in charge. I am not in charge of my body. Well, many times people try to say, well, you're in charge of your life and you're in charge of your future. You're in charge of everything. The truth is we are in charge of nothing. Just like we came into this world, not out of our choice. We weren't in charge. Well, I'm deciding that I'm going to be born on September, whatever date it is. No. You were not in charge of your birthday. And you're not in charge of your exit date. You are not in charge of how many beats your heart will beat. You're not in charge of how many breaths you're given. Everything has been given to you. Everything has been measured and calculated. But with God, we can ask Him for help. With God, we can ask Him for strength. With God, we can ask Him for what we need. And our God is a God who extends life. Our God is a God who gives us good health and strength. But we must be His people. We must be the sheep of His pasture. We must be His children. And to those of His children, He says... Hey, don't you know I'm there for you? Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. That's not your problem. Why are you taking something that is not your problem and putting it upon yourself and crying well about it, saying that, well, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a sin, remember. To worry about something that you shouldn't worry about is a sin because you should be doing something constructive. You should be doing something productive. You should be doing something that's giving life to yourself and to others. But you sit and you worry about something that you have no control over. 
May God speak to our hearts at this hour. Can you do something about this moment? Can you do something about this hour? Can you do something about this period? Can you do something about now? Yes, you can. Can you make things right now, this very second? Yes, you can. You have that power. Do something about what you can do. For whatever area you have been given power to choose, power to live, power to do something about it, power to change, use that and use it to the maximum. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. In fact, don't worry, Jesus says. Don't worry. So what do we do? We just say, well, Jesus said, don't worry, so I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to do anything. Did Jesus say that? Did Jesus say, don't worry and don't do anything? Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, don't worry, but do something. It's very important. Anytime the Lord says, don't do it, then you have to look for what else I should do. Because there's never a verse that says, don't do this, and then that's it. All done. No. You don't do this, instead do this. That's what we need to focus on. So, sometimes people will just focus on what you should do and not focus on don't do this part. You know, they say, well, don't say no. You know, for a lot of people, no is a bad word. Really? We need to be people who have the boldness to say no to when we need to say no and where we need to say no. We should. Imagine you all get cars with no brakes. What will happen? And somebody says, well, brakes are bad things. It's a bad stuff. I just want to drive. I just want to sit and drive and just go straight to where I want to go. Well, I don't think you'll go to heaven at that point. We have to understand that we need to stop and go. Stop where we need to stop and go where we need to go. Think about this. When you have the green light, right? You're in the signal. You have the red and you're sitting there when the green comes and say, well, I don't feel like going now. I feel like I want to take a nap. And you just put your, your, your gear in park and you just close your eyes. What is going to happen? Think about that. You can get into a serious accident or you'll be pulled aside by the police and you have to deal with the law. Can you go by feelings? Can you go by feelings? Answer this question in the presence of God. Yet many Christians do that when it comes to their journey to heaven. I feel this way. And so I'm not reading my Bible. I feel this way. I don't want to pray. I feel this way. So I don't feel like going to church. I feel this way. Go ahead. Do it with your job. Go ahead. Do it with your driving. Go ahead. Tell yourself, well, I don't feel like paying the car insurance this month. So I'm not going to pay. Well, I don't feel like paying my rent this month. So I'm not going to pay. Well, I don't feel like eating. I don't feel like drinking water. Well, I don't feel well. You know to do those things. You know how to take care of yourself. You know how to pay your bills. You know how to go to the doctor. Well, you know how to follow the traffic rules. You do. You don't go by feelings when it comes to that. You know what to do. You know how to get yourself to work, no matter how you feel. Well, because you know you have to pay your bills. But when it comes to your soul, 
you dare gamble with your soul. You say that, well, I don't feel good today. So I will not give testimony, really. God will pull that which he has given to you out of your life. Then you will cry and say, why did I not open my mouth in the presence of God? You rob God of your glory. God will rob you of every blessing that he has given to you because it came from his hands. Be very careful. If you go by your feelings when it comes to the presence of God, but you don't go by your feelings when it comes to other things in your life, you have to watch out and be very careful. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Understand this. God is God Almighty. God is God Almighty. Understand this. God is the God who made heaven and the earth. He's not your buddy. God is the Lord God who sits about everything. Just because he loves, just because he's kind, just because he's generous, just because he's forgiving, just because, just because, just because of who you are. You cannot take him for granted. God is love. The Bible says, God is a consuming fire. Two sides to God. He's all love and eyes full of love to those who are in love with him. He's a consuming fire to his enemies. We need to be on his side, not the other side. We don't want to see the other side of God. We want to see the good side of God to those who love him. We must understand that we can either forfeit the blessings he gave or hold on to what God has given to us. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Behave like his son or like his daughter. Don't be like the man that I told you a little while ago that the Holy Spirit brought that illustration before us. When we call ourselves children, but yet we behave like strangers in the house of God. We call ourselves children, yet we behave like an outcast who is from somewhere that you don't even belong. And then something goes wrong. Then you blame who? You blame God. May God help us never to be that way. God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, that means anyone who comes and believes in him. What does that word believe mean? The word believes mean whoever shows in action their faith, real faith, not simply talk, 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 talk. No action. Just because you say, I know how to drive, I know how to drive, I know how to drive, I know how to drive. If you just go to your road test examiner and just say, well, I know how to drive, but I'm not going to be tested. I know how to drive. You think he's going to give you a license? No. We all know how to go for that. We all know how to practice. We all know how to go get our license. We all know how to follow the rules. You all need to know how to look at the manual and prepare for your permit test. Well, when it comes to real life, we're so careless. When it comes to real life, you don't know the word. When it comes to real life, you don't care to know, know the word. Because of the lack of the knowledge of the word of God, many people are led astray. We need to know how to discern between God's voice because the enemy will speak just like God. You know who will get deceived? People 
who are not given over to God's voice 100%. It's not the, well, I feel, I feel, I feel. Well, you can't go by your feelings. You can't. If you go by your feelings, you can end up in jail. If you go by your feelings, you can be dead. Why do they say if you feel tired, pull over? If you feel too lazy to pull over and, like I said, just put your car in the park on the highway, see what happens. Or even on a road, see what happens. We don't do that. We all know how to follow rules and give the right of way where we have to give the right of way. We all know what to do. But when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to things of God, how many times we become self-centered? How many times we become lazy? How many times we say, I feel this. I feel this way. Well, the devil this, the devil that, and devil this. Well, we can function in this world. You can go to the grocery store, you can go to work, you can go to this, and you can go there, you can do all those things. But how come when it comes to things of God, people can sit for eight hours at work. People can sit for six hours somewhere else. But when it comes to the house of God, when it comes to, well, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah, then God can't. Understand this. If you want something from God, you need to show yourself worthy of receiving it from God. Don't limit yourself from receiving what God has for you. Don't shortchange yourself from what God can give to you. If you know how to hold a job, if you know how to drive your car, if you can push yourself and get to work when you're not able to and sit over there the whole day because you cannot take off, if you can do the things that you need to do for your family, then don't give excuses when it comes to the things of God. It's not acceptable at all. You'll be fooling yourself. You'll be missing the blessing that God has for you. Satan will play games in the lives of such people. God spoke to us this morning during the morning call. Don't bring excuses before God. God sees it all. God sees it all. Don't bring excuses before him. Rather, come and tell the Lord, Lord, I fell short here. Lord, I have sinned here. Lord, forgive me here. Be true. Be real. God can bless you. Jesus says over here, don't be like the people who don't have God as a father who takes care of them. And he just talks over here how the heavenly father takes care of his people. He takes care of their clothing. He takes care of their shelter. He takes care of their food. He takes care of their needs, basically. He takes care of whatever they need. That's why he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. All the people who don't have the Father, God, in their lives, they can worry because they have every reason to worry about the future. But if we have God, we have no reason to worry about the future. If we worry about the future, at that point we have to understand that there's no faith in the Father. If we have faith in God, then we're not going to worry about Tomorrow, if we don't have faith in God, then we're going to be full of worries. Jesus said, look, look at the birds of the air. 
Look at the flowers of the field. Look at all these things. They are being taken care of. And I will take care of you. God is speaking to us today, no matter what you're going through. If you give yourself over to God, and God takes care of you, you have nothing to worry about. A Christian life is a life of no worry, freedom from worries. Because our Heavenly Father takes care of everything. He takes care of us. He takes care of our bodies. He takes care of our finances. He takes care of our housing. He takes care of our clothing. He takes care of our spirits. He takes care of our souls. He, say, he takes care of our families. He takes care of everything. We don't have to worry about anything. Whatever you need, we need to just go with ask the Father in Heaven. That's it. He will answer us and He will give you the best. But in order for you to be in that relationship with God, you have to do some things, just like a father or a parent and a child. You have to be under the care of the Heavenly Father. You can't be like the young man that we sat. I mean, unfortunately, we saw him. The parents have no clue of the life of this man because there's no relationship. Don't be such a child to God. Because in paper, it can say, oh, child to so-and-so. But in real life, the child is not getting the benefits from the parents because the relationship is only on paper. But in real life, there's no relationship. If you're not giving priority to the Word of God, if you're not putting your faith in the faithfulness of the Almighty God, if you don't trust Him, then you're not going to be open with God Almighty. And what will happen? Every benefit and every provision that comes from Jesus, it cannot be experienced by those who are not in an active relationship with the Father. So those are the people who constantly worry, who will be trying to see, how can I get this? How can I get that? And how can I do this? And what can I do this? And where can I get this? And all the time their mind is spinning and I have no way to, you know, do this. And let me find out from this person. Let me go online. And constantly they're on a roll. There's no inward peace for such people. But those who are relying on the Father, they have a constant peace. They are like the still waters. But there's no worry at all. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. What is your relationship with your Father in heaven? How strong is it? Do you first of all have a relationship with Him? If you have a relationship with Jesus, you need to have your name on that birth certificate. If your name is not on that birth certificate, then you are not going to get the benefit from the Father. You know, when... um, we have to submit proof for health insurance. When the baby is born, the first thing they'll ask for is the proof that your child is born and you have to send the birth certificate. The birth certificate should have the parents' names in it. And then the child will get the insurance from the parent, the coverage through the parents. If your name is not there, then there's no proof 
for that. And what will it say? You can send a photo. He said, well, I have photo. They can say, no, we want the birth certificate. We all know how to get the birth certificate and submit it. At that time, we don't go and argue that, well, I don't believe in birth certificates and, well, this is what I believe in. Well, uh, I'll just give my, you know, picture. Well, somebody can say, well, my son just looks just like me or my daughter just looks like me. We don't need birth certificates. We don't believe in birth certificates. Try it. Try it and see. Try it and see. But yet, when it comes to things of God, they don't want to follow what the word says. They want to do their own thing. Well, I don't believe in that. Who cares whether you believe in that or not? Is it the truth what you believe? Oh, it's your own opinion. Our opinion means nothing. If you want to write, write this down and keep it. My opinion equals zero result. That's how much our opinion will do. We need to be people who have facts. We need to be people who have truths. We need to be people who have statements based on truths and facts that come from God Almighty through the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how we live. And this word came from the mouth of God. What is that? I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. According to my riches and glory, I will take care of you. Whatever you need, I'll take care of you. But you need to have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. First of all, your name should be there on that birth certificate. In the Lamb's book of life in heaven, your name should be written down. You need to have that established. You need to be a child of God, number one. That's the first thing. If that is there, good for you. But there's something beyond that. Well, you have to really have that living relationship with the parents if you're out like the prodigal son who left the house far away from the father, you won't get anything from the father. You need to return to the house. You need to be within the care of the father. Then his promises, his blessings will be upon you and you will benefit from it. So these scriptures where Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. He's talking to his Children, he's talking to his own. He's talking to his people, his family. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. I got it. What a joy it is to know that we have God who has our tomorrows in his hands. He has all our tomorrows in his hands. And he says, every day that you live or you don't know, What's going to happen tomorrow? But I've mapped out everything for you. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about tomorrow because I have mapped out everything for you. This is who our God is. He takes care of our future. He takes care of our present. And we don't have to worry about that. We need to have a living relationship with God. You know how to develop the living relationship? Verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And whatever you need for today and tomorrow, he'll take care of it. You just make sure you stay within the fold. You just make sure that you have the communion with God. You make sure that you have a living relationship. That means you talk to your father in heaven. 
that you talk to him all the time, that he knows everything about you, even though he can see everything. Does he know you? When I say know you, that means, are you communicating with him? Are you in that living relationship with God Almighty? Are you doing what he has called you to do? Seeking first the kingdom of God is what? What is seeking first the kingdom of God? Seeking first the kingdom of God is not just, okay, you know, I'm reading first thing the Bible in the morning and, and, um, you know, I play some worship music and, uh, I finish seeking the kingdom of God. Is that what it is? Anybody can do that. What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is a whole area. It's not just reading the Bible and saying a one minute prayer. That's not seeking the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God includes the king and everything that pertains to the king. That means God says, whatever pertains to his kingdom, whatever pertains to God Almighty, whatever pertains to this territory, upper territory. He says, you think about that. That means, first of all, you need to talk to the king. You need to know what the king needs. You need to have the relationship. You need to make sure that the king knows all about you, that you're trustworthy, the king can trust you. It's a living relationship. Only then the king can entrust his kingdom into your hands. Only then can the king give something to you. Only then. So Jesus says over here, do that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God is... The king, the heavenly realm, things pertaining to God. Righteousness is living right before God. So seeking first the kingdom of God is doing the heavenly things, whatever God has called us to do. His righteousness is doing the right thing while I'm here on earth. That means whatever I do in this world, I have to make sure that I am doing it according to God's standards. That means I'm living my life the right way. Not just living like someone who is not supervised and his parents are not there and he's on his own. Not like that. Knowing what your heavenly father likes and what he's told you to do and not to do. That's what you need to do. Righteous Right living. Do that first. Seek his kingdom first. Spend time in reading the word. Spend time in prayer. Listen to what the Lord wants you to do. And simply do it. And he says, I'll take care of the rest. Whatever you need, I will give it to you. So what should you do? Not worry. That's the subtraction part. You don't worry. What is the addition part? The addition part is what do you have to add to your life? What should you incorporate into your life? Seeking first the kingdom of God. Being in the presence of God. Doing what God has called you to do. It's seeking first the kingdom of God. Wherever the Lord has spoken to you through his word, simply do it. And then his righteousness, the way God sees it in the way he has called us to live out our lives. When we do that, 
God says, he will take care of everything that we need. Whatever you need, God says, it'll be given by our Father in heaven. This is a supernatural life. A life where you don't have to worry about anything. A life where you can just focus on eternity, doing the will of God, doing the will of the Father. Monday through Saturday. Oh, Sunday through Saturday. You can do the will of the Father every single day. And see God do great and mighty things in your life. Whatever you need. A lot of times people get discouraged. Oh, I've been praying for this and I don't see this happening. And so I don't feel like praying. Well, is that why you're praying? That means your seat, your motive is wrong. Well, I don't feel well. So I don't feel like praying then. Don't pray. If you just going to the Lord based on your feelings, fix that first. Your motive must be right. Repent before you pray. Fix yourself. Your feelings should not dictate the way you live. Well, I don't feel like talking to this person today. Really. Before you pray, you need to set that right. Well, I don't like seeing that person, so I go the other way. Well, before you pray, you need to fix that first. Without that, your prayer will not get past your roof. It'll just go and fall right back down. Do what Jesus told you to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Very powerful. Small looking, but very powerful. When you bury it in the ground, it's going to grow into the mustard tree. Small looking, but very powerful. Why? Because it's something that's bound to give many, 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 many mustard seeds. The multiplication and the seeds that you will get is far greater, many times multiplied. When you just invest that one seed, one mustard seed, your faith, with faith when you do that which God has called you to do, God will take care of you. God will take care of your needs. According to His riches, God will cause you to prosper. Many times people get many diseases. Why? Because they have so much to worry about. The more you worry, the more frustrated you're going to become. The more you worry, the more tormenting it's going to be. Because worry equals lack of faith in God. The more you worry, the more enemy will bring fear into you. And fear brings torment. So Jesus, out of his love, he speaks, he speaks to us in Matthew 6, 33. He says, do this. And then 34, he says, do this. Do this, which is, Seek first the kingdom of God 
That means give priority to the things of God. That has to be number one in your life. Don't give excuses as to why you can't do this because, oh, because my job, because my this, because my that, because my family. They all become your idols if it goes about God Almighty. Learn to prioritize your life according to God's word. God will give you all the time in the world you need. God will give you all the money that you need. God will give you all the clothing that you need. God will provide for you. But you must make God your number one priority. Jesus should become your number one priority. That means whatever you do, bring Christ into the picture and He'll bless you in all things. Seek Him first thing when you get up. Seek Him in the afternoon. Seek Him in the evening. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the noontime. Praise Him in the evening. That you continue to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. And give Him all the glory and honor due to His name. Let God come and take over your tomorrows. I'm going to finish in a couple of minutes. Let God Almighty come and take over your tomorrows. Give your tomorrows into the hand of the Almighty God. And what you need for today, let it be led by the Spirit of God. Whatever your need is, God will meet your need if you belong to His family. If you have a practical relationship with God Almighty. If you make Jesus Christ your number one priority. When you do that, whatever you need shall be given to you. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, you're faithful. You're all faithful and you're all powerful. I thank you, Lord, for releasing your manna for today and for this week and the days to come and in the years to come. And when we have a God who takes care of us, when we have a God who is our Father, we don't have to worry about anything. Lord, I pray that you continue to speak to your people, continue to strengthen them, draw them in the ways of the living God, cause them to understand your ways. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us from this passage. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May people truly begin to put Jesus in their lives, in every place, O Father. O Lord, that you may do great and mighty things in their lives, O Lord Jesus. That you be number one in their lives, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Touch your people. Wherever they need healing, deliverance, and restoration. O Lord, I ask for your mercy to descend upon your people right now. I ask for your strength to descend upon your people right now. And Father, I pray that you will bring down the walls of Jericho in Jesus' name. Bring down every opposition of the enemy in Jesus' name. 
Let an understanding heart be given to your people, Lord. Let no one be full of excuses. Let no one give any excuse for anything, Lord, but to do something about what you've entrusted into your hands. And to multiply what you've given, O Lord, so more can be given in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Be with us this night. I pray that you will continue to cause this word to work deeper and deeper in the hearts of your people. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.